Welcome to episode number 148, The Blueprint. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe Goose and the man himself, Raul Irizarry. What's up, y'all? Uh, the Blueprint. In this episode, we have special guest Raul Irizarry. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, the hair business, the art of being a hairstylist, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Arthur Ashe and Confucius. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, Raul, my guy. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, man. It's been uh, it's been long overdue. Absolutely. Sure. Um, all right. So for those of us who do not know who you are, um, give us a little bit of background, who you are, and what you do. Uh, so my name is Raul Irizarry. I'm a hairstylist. Uh, I've been a hairstylist for over 10 years, and I work here in Bristol Barrow. Um, specialize in building relationships and uh, killing the hair game. I love it. Nice. And... Um, he came in wearing uh, the Bless uh, bands, too, so I appreciate that. Nice. Um, all right. With that being said, how did you get started in the industry? Uh, I guess long story short, I went to college to be an exercise science major. Yeah. And then um, figured out school wasn't for me. Yeah. I always knew I wanted to do something hands-on. I always knew I wanted to do something social. Um, so when I left school, my mother was just like, all right, not going to hang at home not going to sit around. So, uh, took a little bit, a little soul searching. And then I got into the hair business, decided to try hair school, uh, went through it, came natural and then, um, pursued it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So explain to us you know, the, the, the family portion of this though, right? Cause your, your mom is also, uh, you know, hairstylist and all that bad stuff. So. Yeah. So I guess, uh, we're like, I would be fourth generation, wow. fourth generation wow. hairstylist. Wow, that's um, awesome. My great grandfather had a barber shop, a um, little small spot. I just always heard stories about it. Never, you know, got the chance to go in. Obviously, right. obviously I wasn't born yet. And then he passed that talent down to um, my mother's aunt, who had a salon in Trenton. Uh, as, as much as I can remember, she was just a busy salon. Yeah. Uh, like more like assembly line, get them in, get them out, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And uh, and then it, she was my mother's mentor. Okay. So, and obviously my mother's been um, a hairstylist for over 30 years. And it wasn't really like my, like pride. I actually like when you, when we would talk about it, she would say, Raul, you have to try doing hair. I know you'd be great at it. And I'd just be like, yeah, no, I'm going to like, just stubborn. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, So then, you know, eventually it winded up happening, gave it a try, loved it. And now I get a chance to, to work with my mother not on a daily basis because she's kind of like on her way out, but yeah, but yeah, so that's awesome. Um, so I say this all the time. We had barbers on, we had hairstylists on, um, and I'm always fascinated by the the 
the craftsmanship portion of this, right? Because um, there's a business pro- portion, as, as you said, there's that social portion, but it's really an art form. Um, did, did you have any other background in drawing, painting, anything to, to that extent, or this was just kind of it? Um, I know you were a rapper. I think this guy was a rapper. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to come on the mic and start rapping, but uh, <laughs> although it comes natural, I was ready to freestyle as soon as the pod dropped. Uh, but no, I, I wasn't artistic at all, honestly. Um, I think I was just, I like being around people. Yeah. I like talking with people. And I would, I would think that I was a pretty good listener. Uh, my fiance would say different, but... Um, <laughs> I, I was just proud of myself on my, my listening skills. So when I first started, I, I would watch videos. I would see other stylists, and I'm like, man, like, if I could do, like, half as good of, like, their work, I'd be great. Yeah. And it didn't really happen that way. I, I had to learn it. I had to make a lot of mistakes before yeah. getting finding my niche in the industry. And then, um, and then it just became natural. Like, you listen to people, and you find out what their last stylist did that they didn't like, and you don't do that and you know you they'll work with you mm-hmm. um how do you stay how do you stay in tune uh with what the the current trends are because um, you're doing obviously a lot of female hair and how, how do you stay in the loop with all that in the beginning it was classes you know we'd uh go to big shows in new york um vegas florida like the whole tri-state area yeah um and then i would watch i would watch my peers um you know, at the salon, the other salon that I worked at prior to working with my mother, I grew up watching my mother do hair. Yeah. Um, so honestly, it was just kind of watching what I saw and trying to apply it and then add a little bit of my sauce to it. Um, and then now it's just like evolutionized, you know, Instagram, Facebook, there's some new extraordinary video of some new extraordinary artist doing something crazy yeah, on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. You wake up to it. It's yeah. like, it's insane. So uh, it makes it easier, but it also makes it like difficult to keep up with the trend because yeah. once you see a video, you're like, okay, it's going to take me like three, four months to convince one of my go-to clients to try something like right, this. Right, right, right. And by then, the next thing will be out. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's evolving um, so fast. So, so how did you get into the first salon? Because um, I actually thought you started with your mom. So you started at a different location, a different business, totally outside of your mom's venue. And then <clears throat> how'd that all transpire? In the beginning, I actually did start at my mother's okay. place. Yeah, I was assisting. Um, I was taking clients here and there when I first got my license. And then um, I just decided that I wanted to do something different. I yeah. guess that's the stubbornness of hanging out with your your parents yeah, 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 and being resilient. You know, like you develop a resiliency to not listen to what they say and what they do until you get older and understand it. Yeah. So um, one of my um, sister's best friends was a hairstylist in Yardley Barrow. Um, he reached out to me. He said, hey, like, you know, we're looking for um, people at our place. You should definitely come by. I think you'd like it. And I mentored Kind of like under him, uh, I would say like a, there were a couple hairstylists there that were pretty talented um, and then just kind of worked my way up. But they kind of threw me to the wolves. Uh, usually like the ideal training program was like two years, yeah. um, maybe even longer for some people. And I was doing hair within a year yeah. there. So it, it kind of jumped fast and I think it's kind of like better for me. Yeah. 
So how did you go from then there, and how long did that last at that other salon? Then moving back, and I'm assuming you went back. Then you went back to your mom's salon. Yeah, so um, I was there for about eight years, and that's where I met my fiance. Um, Built a lot of great relationships, and then just kind of um, I don't really want to get too negative here, but my my old employees had a lot of like insecurities um, with their staff and with the relationships with their clients they didn't want it to get too personal this and that so it just kind of developed into like a toxic relationship towards the end and then uh just decided to move on and um you know it's it's tough because i try to see the positive in things and it was really just a wake-up call for me to kind of like you know move on move on to greener pastures or at least take a risk so um, my fiance and I decided to join my mother's uh, staff, and it's been great. That's awesome! Wow. So, so uh, obviously, so you grew out of that position, basically, um, uh, it, to put it in a positive way. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so now you you work with your fiance and your mom. So, how's that? How's that all going down? Well, I, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And when you um, when you go from a place that. Um, you're not happy on a day-to-day basis to going somewhere where you're full of like, uh, you know, the energy is great. You know, you're filled with love. Like the yeah. the building is filled with love every day. Yeah. Um, and it, it just makes like a world's difference. Yeah. It, like night and day, I, I actually wake up and I enjoy waking up and get ready to go to work and be my now, own Now, do you guys ever get into tiffs? So for example, right, obviously we've all been in relationships. You know, you and your girl kind of on a... Uh, could possibly be on, on, on a little argument or something the night before, and then you show up, you have to be at work the next day. Does that ever happen, or is that, like, you kind of, you maintain that pretty well? Nah, nah, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I learned uh, early in work, at least at my old place, uh, you never bring your home into work. Exactly. Uh, you kind of cut, cut what, you can have the worst day in the world. Actually, you try to do that on a daily basis you have a bad day you don't carry the negative energy till the next day right start fresh if you have a good day you can always steamroll that yeah um but no nah, we my fiance and i have a great relationship we don't really argue ever it's kind yeah. of freaky yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah so we're at work it just makes it makes it more fun yeah that's awesome um so so outside of you know the location and, and you know the, the staff there what is the most difficult part uh, about the hair industry? Um, I know you're saying that there's constantly new things coming out. Is it that? Is there, um, you know, tools or what, what is it is, you know, makes it the most difficult? What's difficult, I'd say, I'd say just like, you know, I don't really know, actually. I don't really know what's, I don't know what's difficult about it. Um, you know, keeping your clients happy. Retention is, yeah. a, is a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, my organizational skills have never been great. Yeah. Um, they had to change. They had to get better. Yeah. Uh, when I made this move to becoming uh, my own my own boss and almost, you know, a co-owner at the salon. Yeah. Um, I had to be a little bit more organized. I'm still working on being organized. Yeah. Um, but the craftsmanship, like doing the hair itself, that comes easy. Yeah. Talking with the people. Um hanging out with them that's easy yeah so other than that the the other difficult parts are not really that difficult i I guess i'm lucky in that sense i don't have to meet deadlines i don't have to uh, yeah yeah. so that's awesome so speaking of deadlines there are there are clients i'm assuming that apply a little bit of pressure have you ever in a sense that they need 
they want everything perfect, right? So if a bride is getting oh, yeah. married or something like that, do you feel pressure at, at any point or you just kind of take it, you know, the way it is? Early in my career, I felt pressure. Yeah. And then, uh, That's got, tough. And then I stopped doing brides and weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got out of that pressure. I now I, I push that pressure on my fiance. So maybe yeah. that could be like our, uh, what we argue about, but not really. <laughs> She's, she's a specialist in uh, formal design and all that, and she's oh. a, her own freelance business, so she kind of uh, handles that. But, as yeah, there's, there's pressure. There's pressure to, uh, you know, when you're doing someone's hair for, you know, two, three, four, five years, you know, you want to kind of keep it fresh. Yeah. You don't want to get into, um, I guess, a routine of just doing the same thing because, obviously, then they're going to get tired of that. Well, yeah, the mullet goes out of style. So, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so pretty fast. Um and and I think you 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 alluded to earlier, kind of convincing clients um, of of a new hairstyle or a new trend, um, and when you finally convince them, is actually living up to that expectation as to what you've just been trying to convince them for the last three months. Um, now I, I wanted to ask you if if you can explain uh, your your social media handle and and how do you utilize that for. Uh, business because it's it's the title of this podcast the blueprint um but but i don't know if you want to obviously give yeah. yourself a shout out and then yeah. explain why you picked the name and then how how you utilize that tool so my instagram facebook um handle is at the hair blueprint um it was kind of created because at the old salon they were kind of emphasizing that we kind of had to um, go out on our own, you know, that people weren't just going to flock in, you know, yeah, from yeah. the name of the salon or the area. Uh, you actually have to go out and put work in. You can't just sit in a chair and expect you're going to be busy all the time. So um, I decided to create the hair blueprint. I just thought it was like catchy. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it, there wasn't anybody out there. It seemed, uh, you know, kind of sophisticated, kind of like, you know, you know, it would be like an orchestrator, somebody who, who would take their time to create a design for your hair. Maybe just, you know, give it a name that was a little bit more than what I was doing. But at the same time, it kind of was was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went the hair blueprint. Um, as far as social media goes, you know, I uh, I use it. I try to show love to a lot of the hairstylists that I'm friends with. Um, I like to use it to reach out to clients. Um, I think it helps me with the younger clientele. Yeah. Um, but... M- Word of mouth is definitely something that I've discovered over my 10 years in this business that that helps more so than just pictures. You know, uh, pictures can be filtered. Um, people on industry or like people on um, Instagram and social media can do things to hide the imperfections in their work. Um, they, you know, they can use it as a shortcut. I think um, talking with people face to face. Um, getting out there, talking to people in the community that you don't do their hair, um, to get them in your chair and selling yourself to them. That I think that helps a lot more. Um, although I do appreciate, I get to put my work out on Facebook and uh, Instagram, but it's huge. I, I think it's great because you get to kind of display your talent. It's a catalog for people to kind of go through. I know when you know anyone who's into tattoos, you know one of the first things you're doing is doing research on who that tattoo artist yeah. already did, what kind of work they do. Literally, as soon as you walk in to a tattoo shop, right, there's a binder full of all these images and previous um, you know, art pieces that they did. And so, yeah, there's a lot of judgment that goes in on 
that kind of thing. And so I could assume, or I would assume that, you know, using, you know, social media for that purpose to kind of give people your catalog, it is a highlight reel. I mean, everyone knows that about social media. Social media has been out long enough that we realize that people are just putting like the best stuff. Um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. some people use it (laughs) on the other way. No one knows, still no one knows why, but to, um, uh, in a negative way, but in the in the positive light, it's a highlight reel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think we're at a we're we're in a place where people understand that. I feel like you're not tricking people too much anymore. I think in the beginning, maybe three or four or five years ago, people were like, "Oh my god, look at the lifestyle!" Now everyone's calling calling people out, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, you don't really live that lifestyle. Exactly. We know that uh, <laughs> it's social media." And now I think people take it a little bit lighter than I I think they initially did sure. when people were giving their highlight reel. Um, now do you, do you have a ton of pictures? I, I think everyone does this. It's just the age uh, that we live in a ton of pictures that, um, maybe you haven't posted and then you've seen someone put up like a similar haircut or style or color or, and you're like, dang it. I, they beat me to it. Uh, I do have, I do have some in the vault. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it gets tough because you know, you want to kind of put work out there that you want to do on a daily basis. Like, um, obviously I'm more of a traditional hairstylist. Yeah. Uh, there's different categories. Um, so I want to promote that I'm a traditional hairstylist because I'm, I am pretty busy. Thank God I'm busy. I don't want to, I'm not saying it to brag. I just, the, the way it is. So a lot of times I find myself caught because I'm working on a client and I think the work is beautiful, but then I want to add the detail and then I'm like, oh, do I have enough time to do a photo shoot? Uh, I kind of don't because my next client's going to be here in a couple minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I don't have the amount of pictures that I'd like to have, but yeah. I have some. I have some in a vault. I have some, yeah, stashed away, stashed away for yeah. a rainy day. And there. then there's ones that you take. You know, you do pictures, and you're like, man, this is beautiful, and you love it. But then another aspect of the, or another, another piece to the art form is that you have to, uh, you have to have perfect lighting for your pictures. You have to have perfect everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the air has to be crisp, yeah. you know, like uh, <laughs> it has to be the perfect time of day for you to have that awesome shot. And if you don't, it doesn't do your work justice. So yeah. a lot of times I don't get to share every picture, but. So you don't use like fans or anything? So <laughs> no, <laughs> my fans is my fans is broke, <laughs> actually. So, you know, you just keep finding negative ways to get me down. Man. I'm going to turn it around. But yeah, my fan is down, guys. My fan is down. Oh, man. You throw the leaves in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, right, my so blower's out, too. <laughs> I was like, even going to use the blower. Like, that's yeah. too strong. But it died, it died moving the leaves. <laughs> um, so we, we, talk, we talked on a, a, a couple topics, but is there something that is your absolute favorite? I know you like talking to the clients. I know you like uh, bringing in uh, new clientele. Do you feel like... Um, that's the fun part is interacting with new clients and, and hoping to one day, um, obviously not, you know, obviously impress them, but give them the quality product that they're slash service that they're seeking, or is it those continual residual, or is it a little bit of combination of both, uh, maintaining friendships and also building new ones? That's probably my favorite part. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part. Uh, I really cherish the relationships that I built over 10 years. Uh, you know, I get to a point where I'm texting my clients during Sixers games and they're, you know, they're just feeling my pain when, you know, the Sixers are down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times I get to meet my clients out, you know, with my fiance. We'll, we'll go out to dinner with clients. We'll have them over my house. It's, it's so much more than hair. Uh, yeah. 
and I think that's probably my favorite part. Um, but a day to day basis, I mean, I don't get to, uh, I don't have to sit at a desk. I don't, I don't not enjoy, you know, going to work every day. I get to go in there. I get to do something hands on, personalize it. And my work's out there. My world, my work is out in the world and it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's my favorite part, just the relationships and the fact that I get to kick my mom out of the salon in a couple of years too. <laughs> really looking forward to that. So is, is that, is that going to be the end goal? I know you kind of mentioned a couple of things. Um, I know uh, your mom's looking to kind of move on. Um, are, are you, are you going to take over? Is it going to be all you? And then is it going to be Russ? Uh, Raul's <laughs> unisex salon. <laughs> no, no. As much as I love to change the name, I mean, uh, we definitely rebranded when uh, my fiance and I started uh, started at the salon. Um, you know, changing it from Josephina's to the abbreviated version that it is now. It's a little more modern. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, out of respect for her, out of the, the respect that I have for her, I would never change the name. I think uh, yeah. her name. She built a business. She's been a great role model. She's tough. Um, so I would never change it. I mean, I remember like I remember her cutting your hair and your your brother's hair, yeah. like back in the day. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. She yeah. was she was a go getter. She's, you know, and she sets a great example for me. I don't know if I'll ever actually kick her out though. Like she's kind of stubborn. She's made it pretty known that she's even if I was uh, to fully take over and she wasn't working that she'd still be getting a pot like a piece yeah, of yeah, pot yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you know she would always stop by and just make sure everything's pristine uh, she kind of has like a knack for that so yeah yeah but that that would be the end goal like for me my fiance my cousins um, my cousin Bella who also works there okay uh, my aunt Ida you know it's all family run salon as, as you guys know but the Everybody listening might not know. Yeah. So I think it's always going to be just a family spot. Yeah. And I want to keep it that way. I like I like I like that intention of uh, wanting to keep the name. Um, I really do. Uh, obviously, I respect that. But I think it's just a beautiful thing. I think it's just mm-hmm. badass too. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. It's you know she started it. She built it. It's you know and you're going to carry on the empire, so to speak. Um, I wouldn't change it either. I think it's pretty cool. Now, is it something you think, um, not not to you know, bring on you know the kid talk, but is that something you feel like you you, you if if you were to have kids or or nieces and nephews to bring them along to kind of see, um, because I know a lot of the stuff that my parents did, they always just brought me along. Even if it was like, oh, I'm not going to convince them that this is what they're going to be doing. I think it's just seeing your parents at work or the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. of it really does something uh, to a child's mind. It forms them in a specific way. And probably whether you realize it or not, it was forming you that whole time where we were going to the house and getting haircuts. And even if you didn't care or whatever, you're just a kid and you want to just go run away and play video game or whatever, you saw it. You know what I mean? There's something about catching your kid, catching you in the experience of busting your tail off. Is that something you would you would incorporate, or you continue to kind of bring the kids around, or whatever family? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that you don't have to go to college to uh, to make something of yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I could be an example of that. Maybe not the best example, but definitely not the worst. Um, you know, I made a nice career out of not going the route that I went and um yeah I would absolutely love to keep it in the family obviously when you when you think about equity when you think about um everything that's been invested from prior generations to get where you're at now yeah. you know you want to you want to share that with the next uh you know the next generation um hopefully 
in the next couple of years, I'll be having uh, children of my own, and yeah, yeah. I would I keep them around, just like, just like uh, you keep your kids in Miguel's chair. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They, they hang out here. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know you, you and Goose. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you guys have uh, a, a dope relationship where it's more of like a a respect thing, and then you know bouncing ideas or questions. And I know every once in a while, or it's happened. I don't know how, you know, maybe you guys speak of, you guys cut each other's hair or whatever it was. Um, can you, you guys want to speak on that or like, how, how's that work? Because he has his own barbershop. You're at the salon. Basically that's, you know, you're kind of running the show there. How, how's that all work? Well, I know for when I worked at, at, uh, the other shop in Levittown, he would come in and I cut him and his dad when like, especially his, his pop with the blowout, the curls <laughs> on top. Classic. So yeah, I remember cutting Raul up, and he was like in high school and stuff. And then, um, and then he kind of—I guess—that's when he went to college and kind of disappeared when he graduated high school. I didn't see him for a while, and then I knew he was cutting hair at a salon. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then every time we just ran into each other, just like yo, how's everything going? But he was in the salon at the time, salon industry, and then I was just in the barber industry, so it wasn't like the same. Yeah. But it was like still like I I, I wanted to learn how to use like more of a scissor work and style for like the longer hair for men that came in yeah, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he wanted to know like about like how to use like the clippers and different kinds of stuff I don't know it would, our conversations would just go like back and forth yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was when um, I actually got to shop here in Bristol Borough and then what was it, a couple years after that is when he started working at his mom's salon in Bristol Borough and like he come in get his shape up and now my hair is longer and I would have, well, actually before I would have like him texturize my top, cut my hair yeah. or whatever. And now I have like longer hair and I would just go to him. He understands it more. And that's like yeah. his like masterpiece. That's his forte, you know? Yeah. So that's like with anything. You go to a mechanic and the mechanic specializes in high-end cars. And you have a high-end car, you take it to him. Right. Someone that has longer hair like myself, I want to go to someone that knows how to deal with longer hair. Yeah, and do ponytails. And like pigtails and stuff. But like... When we're in a chair, conversations just go. They just go. We, we like, I had an event here. He came and supported. Like, it was a yeah. bunch of barbers from, from like, all over Connecticut came through. He got, got to, like, interact with people that he probably never would, like, interact. He'd probably follow on social media, but got a chance to meet them. And it's just, like, dude, we're in his hometown that's so small. And I'm, there's no, like can't knock anyone for what they're doing. Like, yeah. dude, everyone has, like, their own different niche. Like, there's this shop, I mean... This town has a bunch of barber shops, yeah. but everyone has each shop has their own different niche, right. different style, different. They offer different things, so I don't see anything that's like, I don't know. There's no, there's no um, like rivalry. Yeah, yeah. There's competition. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no competition at all. So I love the fact that he he'll come here and just hang out uh, right before he goes to lunch or whatever. Dude, yeah, he just hangs out here. We just kind of BS and just catch up on some stuff. Sometimes we'll go. When I'm done here, I go have a drink with him, and it's just like it's just like a family thing. That's just in his industry. That's what, he, like he said, that's all you do is build relationships with people, whether they're they're clients, or 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 like like I don't know people in the in, in your industry. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, but with Raul, I'm like actually like excited that he's in in the same town and doing the same thing and like kind of putting a positive name to this. Yeah, I mean, he he pretty much summed it up. I mean, um, the, you know, our relationship was a. He used to cut my hair in um, high school. I would go with my dad. 
I went to college and I definitely missed them because if you see pictures of me at school, I had like the uh, like a like Caribbean curl, like I, I was a hot mess, man. I had that and the skinny chin strap, <laughs> the jumbies um, chin strap. Combo. Yeah, it was it was a bad combo. Good thing I wasn't doing hair then. Um, I was like, you know, going. You would not sold. Yeah, I would not have sold myself. <laughs> I, I looked almost like a low budget uh, wrestler <laughs> with my look. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's one thing. Back to what I was referring to, how I made the switch to Bristol was. Um, you know the the love that you feel in town like i said my my old employers my old um bosses they had a lot of insecurities and yeah. they kind of um i think they came from a toxic environment and then they created a toxic environment and they really didn't embrace the 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 great relationships that you can have with other people in the industry right and so like when you know when i made the move and you know your brother and i goose started uh seeing each other more yeah we learn from each other and now it's like i'm here i'm here yeah. i'm here hanging out with you guys and not yeah. sitting at home or you know you know it's just it's just organic yeah. and and that's the way it should be yeah yeah what um outside of you know obviously maintaining the relationship uh with, with other, you know other barbers and hairstylists are there any other businesses or other you know uh, barbershops or salons that you do have a professional relationship with um, not really more, more just like friendly relationships. I yeah. don't have any like, uh, endeavors with anybody. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a project going on right now. It's, a, uh, it's aimed to be on like a, an app platform. Nice. Um, I got to keep it close to the, close to the chest right now just yeah. cause I don't want to leak anything, but, um, it's definitely a combination of a lot of things that I've been through with with my old employers, with um, everything that I've learned in this industry, but it's definitely out there to promote um, young hairstylists and more of like that relationship between client and and stylist, um, yeah. or you know barber, or you know what whatever um, whatever your surname is, whatever you go by. Yeah. Um, but it's meant to just kind of focus in on that relationship, making that relationship more direct. So. You don't have to go through um, upper management to contact your clients and show them your work and give them updates. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It, it's been something that I've been working on low key for a while. Yeah. Um, I have a couple meetings that I need to set up to pursue that, but uh, I'm really excited about that. Nice. Um, hopefully, I can join up with a lot of hair salons um, once that kind of goes forward. That's awesome, and and that that goes to show kind of. Um, you know what we always talk about is just that entrepreneurial spirit, not settling, right? Um, and and kind of almost in a way giving back uh, to a community because it's based off your experience. Uh, maybe it would have never been an idea, obviously, if you didn't have um, you know the experience that you did have. Um, but really sharing um, what's worked for you, kind of you know, kind of living up to the blueprint name, so to speak. Um, and, and allowing people to learn from your mistakes, learn from your errors and just kind of, listen, everyone, the, the, the road, you know, to success, you got to take the stairs. There's no elevator, right? Mm. And everybody got to take it regardless. But are there tools? Absolutely. You guys know there's different scissors, right? There's a dull set of scissors out there somewhere that some hairstylist is using right now versus there's a very sharp pair of scissors that they could be using 
um, if they uh, whatever change their supplier or however it works in your industry. Um, and and you you guys can probably speak to the tools, right? You probably didn't start out with the tools you have now. Now nah, when Miguel would cut my hair, he'd pull on it. <laughs> well, that's because uh, I was using a butter knife. <laughs> yeah, but. Is that why you sent me those emojis like after the appointment? Yeah, like, exactly. okay, all right, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you gotta invest in yourself. So, um, if that comes into the tools, the marketing, you know, you name it. Yeah, Key. Um, I know Goose is, is always, you know, uh, his eyes open for for younger talent or someone to mentor. Um, and I always, I always remember this story. I never forget. Um, it was actually about one of his 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 staff members, uh, Romeo, and. We were young, I guess it was at least at least ten years ago. I don't know. You could probably speak on it a little bit more, but there was an opening at the old barbershop where he, mm. everyone got started, and a couple dudes, you know, came through to kind of display, you know, their talent or whatever it was, and you know, some of them were no shows, right? Then some of them didn't even have their own equipment or tools or whatever it was, um, and then other ones were just sloppy, not sanitary. And everyone's watching, especially in this industry. You're, people are very particular about mm. these kinds of things. And then in come, uh, walks in Romeo where he had literally like a toolbox full of all his own stuff. <laughs> everything perfectly lined up. And Goose, you could probably talk to him. But dude, it just gave me chills because that's someone who invested in himself, who really wanted it, who took the job serious um, and basically showed out everybody else. And there's dudes in there probably came in with like 15 years experience and he got the job. And he was a year or two in. Yeah, no, he was... He, so, Romeo was, I think, a senior in high school. He was, like, 17, 18 years old. Wow. And he was coming in as, like, an apprentice. And um, he it, <laughs> he came in. It was, like, almost like a suitcase box. Like, it was, yeah. like... It actually was, a, like, an old DJ box. Like, it was an old DJ box with ever, different... Ever? Yeah, yeah, it had, like, different, like, compartments and stuff. And he had, like, everything you can think of. Like, yeah. As, as... It was all, like... Obviously, starter quality stuff. It was yeah. stuff that you get like at like a Sally's or like or like Walmart kind of. Yeah. It was all starter, but he had everything. Yeah. Like he really did have everything. Like, and um, he yeah. So he um, he came, but on top of that, he he knew how to work his tools and he knew how to cut hair. Like he had the basic idea of it. Oh, and it was easy to mold him into like to to teach. He was teachable, very very teachable because he already had the basic ideas and he understood his tools. Like. Some of these guys came in, they didn't have anything, and then you hand them this new, new like, type clipper, and they don't even know how to hold it. Yeah. They're holding it like, uh, like they're about to eat a hot dog or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um. I like hot dogs. Like, and, um, yeah, no, and it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's all on, on how you, you, you display yourself and, like, if you're prepared for, for the thing, for, for working. You said, uh, you said something very important there was that he was, he was teachable. Yes. And, and that's huge in any industry. Um, you have to be a sponge. You have to be, you have to respect your, your elders in a sense of saying someone with experience. Um, you know, Raul, is that something that you, you, you know, you see yourself doing in the future, holding classes, or do you already hold classes, or is it kind of something like being a teacher kind of thing? Is that something that you would like to do, or even if it's just molding a new team member at, at the salon? Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely like one thing that I wanted to do in the next year or so was I see a lot of uh, my peers getting picked up by like um, by companies, like bigger sponsorships. Companies. Yeah, sponsorships or. Yeah. You know, I actually, one of the guys that I met um, here at Miguel's Mixer, um, 
for singles and hairstylists. <laughs> now, <I'm kidding. laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> he told me it was something different. That's why I can't. Now. Uh, so anyway, one of the hairstylists that I met here actually, um, super cool guy. Um, his name was Joel. Um, you know, I, I saw him through social media. I never really met him. I, I mean, prior to the, you know, the, uh, the mixer or whatever you, um, the meetup that was here. And, um, you know, I started following him. I started messaging him. I'm like, Hey, you know, like great work. Uh, you've seen Miguel's hair. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, you know, and then, like it just turned into like a not like a big relationship but he would just give me some advice like you know do this do that you know and uh we had set up to go to a hair show and then my fiance got sick the day of and i was like really looking forward to it because the the one thing the one goal that i want to set out i think for this upcoming year is get picked up by a major line like whether it be um whether it be the people that make color brushes, whether it be the color lines that we use, whether it be the scissor line that we use, the clippers. I mean, there's so many tools, clips, yeah. capes. I mean, you name it. Like, yeah. if I got my fingers and nails painted, I'm sure I can get endorsed. Yeah. Um, you know, but that that was my major goal. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's always it's always important to, to, to be prepared, invest in yourself. Um, but to the point where, you know, there, I see a lot of guys that are like making videos for barber cutting, and you know, from like last year to this year, they're using the best clippers, they're using the best, you know, the best tools, and and you wouldn't have expected it, and yeah. you see the the difference in their work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, same thing with the scissor guys, same thing with the clip guys. I mean, it's just constant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know the Rotated Views podcast is definitely trying to get sponsored by a pizza parlor. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening, dude, I know too, I know a pizza guy. Pizza. Yeah, you need you need. I you know. Need a, I, yeah, I know the original uh, original pod down the street. I know that you guy. You need to. We need to make that happen, and maybe even have him on. Uh, you need to make that happen. I know you have a very strong connection. <laughs> if you're prepared um, for a 45 po- minute podcast about golf. Then yeah. <laughs> you're like, when does this get to pizzas? Then I could, I could bring this on. I could bring him on, but he might he might t- talk you off about golf. And that's fair. Um, but yeah, we we need to definitely make that happen. Um, kind of switching gears a little bit. What 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 has been your most memorable experience? Do you think um, at, 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 as your career? What, what do you consider yourself a hairstylist? Is that the term or what, what do you there's no real term for yeah. what i consider myself no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> special uh, just special i'm yeah. a unicorn <laughs> one of a kind uh yeah unicorn for sure uh yeah i'd say a hairstylist yeah. uh you know i won't build it up to be hair architect hair designer you know what i mean like i'm a hairstylist uh, I, i'm a hybrid but he, uh, but he calls blu- himself the blueprint i am the blueprint uh i am the blueprint but yeah, no. All, all, kidding, all kidding aside, <laughs> yeah. what, what has been? I, your I don't know. Most? I think I think a high, I think I'd consider myself to be a hybrid hairstylist, uh, someone that can do both men and women. Yeah. Um, what has been <laughs> your most memorable experience? Has it been like the the unification with your mom and going back to the salon? Has it been just li- being you? I think I have I I have three. Um, one is one is one in a nutshell. It's all the mistakes that I made, like mm. um, as far as hair goes. Yeah, um, that always impacted me. You could do a million, a million beautiful hairstyles, but you always remember the person that wasn't happy with mm. their hair. Mm-hmm. I take that with me, like 
you won't even know. I would take it home with me. It would it would bug me like you wouldn't believe. Um, Why is what we talked about that before too, yeah. man? It's like you it's, can get a million compliments, you know, and yeah. one person says something, it just digs at the back of your head. Yeah, you know what? It's like for the great things that you do, the everyone remembers your flaw. So yeah. like, it's just the way the world is these, these days. Um, so that that's that's one. You know, um, the second thing would be. Um, the transition from the old place to my mother's place, um, you know, going from a negative environment to a positive environment, going from working for somebody to being your own um, stylist, to being your own um, owner, um, to being your own boss. It's just, you know, a lot of people are afraid to take a risk. A lot of people are afraid to, like they don't know what's on the other side. Yeah, I was I was so afraid to yeah. uh, to make the jump, but you know what? It made my relationship stronger. Um, it makes my day to day so much better, happier. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the unification with my mom would probably be the third one, and the acceptance of her or her acceptance of my fiance and I to the salon yeah. happened organically. Yeah, and um, and and I could you know it's tough because you know. Just like you were saying earlier, like you had, you can have an argument with your fiance or your wife. I'm sorry, and um, yeah. and you can bring that to work with you, or you can't. You know, it's tough because you know I can be with my fiance and having a great day at work, and then I can have an argument with my mom about how we should run things or this and that. And I know like she doesn't do it as easily as I do, where I can forget what we talked about two hours before work. Right. My right. mom, you know, my mom is you can see right through her. So if she's like, I, well, at least I can see right through her. If, if I feel like we had a bad, you know, we ended things on a bad note, she, I feel like she would bring that vibe, not to the clients, but to me. <laughs> and she'd give me the cold shoulder, like intentionally. But, you know, it, it's it's tough. But, you know, that unification with my mom, it's made our relationship stronger, a more respected relationship. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, just like she's my mom, you know, come over for dinner every now and then, this and that. Like, you know, now we have a respect. I, I respect what she went through to get where she is, and she respects what I'm doing for, for her, for her business, and what I do on a daily basis. I'm there, like, you know, sometimes six, seven days a week, yeah. you know, morning to night to whatever time to take care of my people. And, you know, she's on her way out, and she's, like, realizing that it's kind of a it, – it, it's definitely – been impactful and to our relationship it's definitely made it more respected when you talk about building your clientele and and working you know some weeks it's six seven days a week do how how you you mentioned before talking about being a little bit more organized what does that look like do you have like a like a physical book i know people call it their book uh with their clientele and their calendar or whatever it is and whatever that looks like is it on an app is it on your phone is it and 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 is your mom aware of your appointments or how does that work we've had some complications but uh yeah between sure. her, between her and I, you know, a little yeah. lost in translation moments because we keep a physical book. Yeah, um, you know, writing it down. Where where I talk to Goose all the time about he keeps his book um, electronically. He made yeah. the switch. Um, what like two years ago or three years ago, something four. like that. It's been four, four years. Yeah, I was gonna say that next. I swear. <laughs> There's uh, no other options. Like two, one, two, three, three, four, two and a half, two and three quarters, <laughs> four. So. Like four years ago, and I remember him saying, like, you know, it, it gets a little bit difficult because, you know, he's been doing his 
his people for however long he's been doing it. I've been doing my people for however long I've been doing it. And the issue with me is that I always knew that I never wanted to make people wait. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it would drive you up the wall if someone was like waiting for their appointment, just like looking at you yeah. as you're doing, <laughs> you know, you're, you yeah. know, if you're taking care of your client and you want to focus on their hair, meanwhile, you can't really focus because some bad energy coming. You got some bad energy. Like somebody's <laughs> like, I got, I got to have to like, be somewhere. Pressure's on. It yeah. 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 So it, it can get a little frustrating. So I think that's why I always, I never made the transition to an electronic book because, um, People say all the time. I mean, even now, when I when I text my clients and they say, "Yeah, I, I need my color done," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, um, what what does that mean? Do you want your roots covered? Do you want everything covered? Do you want highlights, lowlights? Um, you know, then everything's infinite." Yeah. Um, and they'll just say, oh, "I want, I just want this," and then you know, you book out a half an hour and. You know, the client has, you know, dark hair and they all of a sudden want to be platinum blonde like Sia. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and you're like, this is like four hours and I yeah. have a half an hour blocked out for you. So, you know, I take the time, a little bit more time, you know, back to the organizational thing. I, I take a little more time texting them, asking them what they want, knowing the condition of their hair, this and that, to, to make sure that it's smooth, make sure that their appointment goes smooth and that my day goes smooth because I book, you know, Anywhere from like a four-hour day to a 10 to 12-hour day. Yeah. And I want things to roll smooth. I don't want to, you know, especially being smaller staffed, um, you know, that that comes on me. If if right. somebody's waiting, in, you know, half an hour later than their appointment, that's on me. That's not on anyone else. So yeah. um, that's why I keep the hard book. That's why I try to stay organized and, and just put a little bit more effort into booking appointment an appointment, not just – you know, oh, color, okay, boom. And then, you know, then there's like this big surprise. Yeah. And but, I, but what does that look like when, when you're, you are texting? Um, like that, that book doesn't go home with anybody, does it? No, intentionally, intentionally. Because, right. you know, you, you definitely want to separate. Um, you want to separate from work. You know, you yeah. also want your private time where, you know, you're not texting clients every single day when, you know, my, you know, your significant other's trying to talk to you or right, right. spending time with your family. So yeah, we keep a hard book at the salon. We don't take it home. But um, you have a soft file, I'm assuming in your phone or somewhere because, okay. So for example, you have two people hit you up but in reasonable time. It's whatever. You're not doing much just after dinner or whatever. And they're saying, Oh, you know what? I want to do blah, 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 blah. So you're not physically at the shop, but you're at home and you're going back and forth with a client. How, what does that look like? Are you just keeping it in the back of your mind and remembering until you walk in the next day? Or so, so they get ignored if um, if I didn't have dessert yet. Okay, perfect. <laughs> That's no. fair. That's definitely fair. I have rules, man. <laughs> I like uh, it. Now, uh, usually I'll take a picture of my book uh, for the week. Um, either I will or uh, my fiance, Laura, will. And um, we'll just kind of go back and forth. We'll just someone will say, oh, yeah, you know, like I'm looking to get in um, Thursday. Do you have any afternoon appointments? So, you know, I'll check, you know, scroll through my pictures, be like, yeah. okay, I could probably get them in here, this and that. If I'm unsure, I'll just say, you know what, um, I'm out of the salon. I'll text you when I'm back in the salon. And then yeah. I actually, just for the organizational um, purpose, I have in my notes, I have like a, it, it's my appointment like week to week. So I'll put their name in the appointment uh, or in the notes column, and then I'll just say like, okay, this person wants to get in Thursday at this time, or you know, this person wants to get in in a couple weeks, or this person has a significant date that they want to get in, 
and I'll just do it that way because, you know, it, it just works for me. Yeah. You know, maintaining the book is one thing. Um, and, and obviously you speak on now being organized. What, what does it look like when someone doesn't show up or uh, just has a cancellation last minute? How does that work? So I think if, if, if you're um, like the old salon that I was at, they were very um, tech based, like appointments through a book, this and that. So I think they were able to keep more of a record of like no shows. Sometimes if an appointment was a three hour appointment, um, they would take deposits. Um, I don't like to do that because I, cause I actually had like people, clients of mine message me about times because they book something and then something would come up, which everybody's busy, right? But sure. mm-hmm. you know, you also have to have a respect for me like I would have a respect for you. Like yeah, yeah. if you're my doctor, I'm not going to show up. I'm just gonna, not going to cancel on your last minute. Like I understand it. And I, and it's been made more apparent to me because I actually have doctors as clients and they get like heated. Like their eyes turn red when you say like people didn't show up for their appointment. So yeah. um, me, I have a checklist. I have, um, that's a nice thing about texting people is that you can always cut them off. So if I feel like I'm getting disrespected, because I take a lot of pride in my relationships, as I've said before, I was telling you, um, you know, if if one time it's cool, you know, two times if if you're always late, you know, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. I might be like, okay, you know, if it was electronically at 1030, you'd show up at 1045. So I'll just text you and be like, your time is earlier. And then I know you're going to show up when I actually need you to be here. But, um... I have a checklist. Um, I have cards for all my colored clients, and then I also have my my um, notes with all my clients in it. So I feel like if if there's something that's irregular with our relationship, and I feel like you might not be respecting my time, um, you get one check, two checks. You know, you know how to yeah. three strikes you're out, right? Yeah. So so how does it work um, when when a client asks for something? Either one, you can't do. Um, or two, you don't think it would be the best fit for them. I would po- politely decline. Yeah. Like um, I had someone message me, um, you know, I won't go into the aspects of hair because that would take way too long. But yeah. they had extremely dark hair and they wanted it to be white. Like yeah. that situation I was talking about earlier that I joked on. Um, but people actually do that. They'll ask for, you know, extremely white, ashy hair. Yeah. And they might have like dark hair or they might have used box color yeah. that they picked up at like CVS or Walmart um, for years. And they finally, you know, maybe saved up some money to get their hair done and they want to get it done. But if I see something that I'm, you know, because I kind of keep like to a core, like, you know, I definitely want like nice, healthy hair and I want it to look nice all the time. And I don't want it to just look nice when you leave the salon and then. Right game over and then it's not going to look nice until your next appointment yeah, yeah, yeah so when i see people in that situation um that i can't accomplish something you know then i'll i'll just say you know i can't do it or i'll suggest something different a lot of times you know they see a picture they think it's cool and then you you come in a salon and you're like i know that wouldn't look good on them so let me try to influence you know my professional opinion and i'll be like okay you know what you know, this all over might not work for you, but this here, here, and here in your hair where it'll pop and 
it might, you know, give you a little dimension. It might give you a little bit of like flair that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, that's, that's achievable. Let's do that. Yeah. And, but it gets hard. It gets hard to turn people down. Yeah. But you know, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough job. It's gotta get done. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, just wrapping things up. Uh, what, what is your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their dream as a hairstylist? Just believe in yourself. If just believe in yourself, because um, if you don't, then it's not for you. Yeah. You know, um, you have to do something that you know you you feel strong in, and trust yourself. If it doesn't feel right, find something that feels right. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of times. People try to fake it until they make it, and that, you know, that doesn't work. People see through you after a while. Authenticity yeah. is key. Um, so I would just say, you know, believe in yourself and invest in yourself, and just, you know, run with that. Yeah. Run, run with uncomfortable. You know, if you're uncomfortable, but it feels right, you know, just keep going. I mean, I'm not like you know on this ultra platform where I'm a celebrity and I do celebrity hair and all that stuff, but you know. I'm a ha- I'm a happy guy and I have a happy career and I and I'm happy day to day. So yeah, uh, if you want to be happy, you know, believe in yourself. Love it. Um, all right, and for you know those of us who are looking to to follow you, get a hold of you, book an appointment in the future. How can that uh, happen? What's your handles, websites, emails, whatever? Yeah. So um, my Instagram handle and Facebook handle is at the Hair Blueprint, and um, my phone number. I won't give that on, uh, you know, I have to find out if you're crazy or not, you know. But uh, uh, the salon phone number is 215-781-0122, and we're really great about getting back to our clients. So feel free to leave a, your name, message, um, and what you're looking to do with your hair, the stylist. Not, you know, we also have a lot of talented hairstylists at the salon, but, um, you know, just feel free to give a call, and we'll take care of you. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate that. Uh, We like to wrap up our episodes uh, with quotes, and the first one is by Arthur Ashe. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. And the second one by Confucius. It does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. All right. The Blueprint. In this episode, we have special guest Raul Irizarry. We cover topics that range from entrepreneurship, the hair business, the art of being a hairstylist, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Arthur Ashe and Confucius. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>